Well, we don't have yet an officially declared winner of the U.S. presidential elections. It does appear that uh, we may be closer to getting some clarity soon as the votes continue to come in from uh, key battleground states like Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, and even Georgia. So as it stands right now, uh, Joe Biden does look like he is moving towards Uh, being able to secure the 270 electoral votes needed to win this presidential election. Uh, The incumbent Donald Trump, though, is uh, indicating that he does not accept the results right now and has indeed issued various legal challenges in these various states, uh, often with conflicting arguments. Uh, And so we're going to try to assess uh, both the legal arguments and the overall political situation right now. Very pleased to be joined from the Departments of Law, Jurisprudence, and Social Thought at Amherst College, Professor Lawrence Douglas on the line. Hello. Hello. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you for joining us, Professor Douglas. Uh, From what you're able to observe right now, and uh, we're also kind of patched in with uh, the U.S. media outlets and uh, getting word that uh, perhaps uh, there is going to be an announcement uh, within the next few hours uh, over states like Pennsylvania. Uh, What is your overall assessment uh, as uh, this race unfolds? Uh, Well, it does seem to be uh, pretty clear that Biden is headed to an electoral college victory. Um, it's possible that he could actually capture uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania, um, Nevada, that he basically could make a kind of a clean sweep of uh, some of the remaining states to be counted. Uh, But, of course, he doesn't even need that. Um, Really, all he needs is Nevada at this stage. And um, so it it does look very promising uh, for, for Biden. The uh, the president is talking about how he believes this uh, process now is flawed, that there's no uh, point in continuing this electoral vote process. He seems to be trying to frame this as uh, votes that are being counted right now are votes that somehow, I think, leading to some misunderstanding that this is a, a fraudulent way of counting the ballots and these votes occurred after the election or um, – and uh, – the legal challenges that have ensued, whether it's to stop the vote counting in Pennsylvania, whether it's to uh, place observers in uh, Michigan or his protesters coming out in Arizona uh, demanding that the, the votes being counted because he's behind there. And perhaps uh, as, they, as the vote count continues there, he might have an outside chance of actually uh, taking the lead. I'm not a legal expert, and maybe you can explain it just it does feel like a, a sort of a throwing spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks. But uh, w- what can you sort of help us understand with the uh, Trump legal approach here? Right. Well, I mean, I guess there are a couple things to observe. Um, one thing is that, you know, he initially made this claim that he thinks that all the uh, counting of these uh, mail-in ballots needs to pop, uh, um, just promptly stop. And uh, that really is a, a kind of a scandalous thing. Yeah for uh, the head of a constitutional democracy to say, uh, because after all, these are legal votes. So he's talking about trying to really disenfranchise uh, millions of people. And uh, basically, you know, an election is not a day, it's a process, and the process is not over until all the votes, uh, until all the votes have been counted. Um, as we've seen more recently, th- there's now kind of a... Um, an inconsistency, which you alluded to earlier, that has now uh, 
informed his attack, because when it comes to someplace like Nevada, where he's trailing, uh, there he wants the account to continue. And in states where he's leading, Pennsylvania or Georgia, he wants the count to uh, stop. And so there is this uh, this kind of uh, you know dramatic inconsistency to his argument. And I really don't think there's any kind of real legal merit to the claims that he's making. So it, it does have the character of that uh, throw the spaghetti against the wall and see if anything sticks. I don't think anything is going to stick. Um, but that said, I'm, I'm not sure if uh, Trump is interested only in getting legal victories. That mm-hmm. is, uh, simply by bringing the, uh, these lawsuits, I, I think it serves his political purpose, uh, which seems to be to just kind of try to muddy the waters yeah. and just trying to, again, insist that, um, that the system isn't functioning properly and therefore we just have to go with the November 3rd result. And um, again, that's, that's a kind of a very anti-democratic maneuver. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I think that's that's kind of the logic behind this scattershot uh, approach to litigation. And as you rightly pointed out, as we uh, look at the the vote counts uh, continually coming in, and with states like the outstanding states, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Arizona, uh, Georgia, and I guess to a lesser extent, uh, uh, North Carolina, but even including uh, Georgia, there could be a clean sweep of those states, excepting uh, North Carolina or Alaska. If if we game the situation out and uh, Joe Biden secures the 270 electoral votes, I've heard some legal analysts uh, talk about this fear of a so-called nuclear option that the Trump campaign uh, could try to engage in, which is after all the votes are counted, uh, going to the courts and eventually maybe trying to get a Supreme Court uh, hearing on this where he will try to invalidate some of these votes, some of those mail-in ballots, and try to make an argument that somehow those votes are fraudulent, which would, of course, uh, be a chaotic situation. As you say, once again, muddy the waters. And um, for his uh, very, very substantial amount of supporters, uh, right now it looks like he's going to get over 70 million uh, votes, those voters are going to be somehow led to believe that this entire electoral process, that the integrity of the U.S. election was flawed. Isn't that a concern? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, in terms of the, uh, the, this kind of nuclear option that you're describing, again, I think we have to distinguish between its legal chances of success and um, its, uh, the way it can, you know, serve a disturbing political purpose. In terms of, you know, the Supreme Court actually at some point vacating um, votes that have been counted, I, I think that is exceptionally unlikely. Even with a 6-3 um, majority, very right? Very little... Even with a 6-3 majority, I think um, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, he might be a very conservative jurist, but he is a, an institutionalist mm-hmm. who, who cares deeply about the integrity of the court. And, uh, and it would be such a, a transparently self-destructive act on the part of the Supreme Court to intervene in uh, such a partisan fashion. I think he would bend over backwards to make sure that that doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, even the other conservative jurists, I'm not sure that any of them would be particularly sympathetic to meritless uh, legal claims being brought by the president. So I don't really worry about that. Okay. What I do worry about is, is, is what you did um, allude to, is the fact that, um, you know, by bringing these suits uh, and delaying things out, um, he's just able to kind of cast this um, 
this cloud of uncertainty and and uh, over the results, um, and that could be um, you know very effective to his followers. There are tens of millions of people who would probably believe that um, that uh, Trump is being cheated out of a legitimate victory, and um, and that's a very dangerous situation, and it's very dangerous for the president of the United States himself to be telling the American people that our electoral system is uh, is rigged and that the only way it can demonstrate its legitimacy if he is if he wins. And if he loses, it's simply evidence that the whole system is a fraud. That's an incredibly toxic message to emerge from the head of state of a constitutional democracy. And that leads us to our final question. I think uh, it, despite what is an apparent Biden victory, there's been a lot of uh, hand-wringing and consternation and, and disappointment being expressed by Democrats here. And it, it does look like it's because of the sequence of states that get to tend to be called Florida being first and a lot of hopes that Florida would turn blue. It did not happen. Uh, but if you had told somebody before the election, let's say six months ahead of time, that uh, Georgia would flip, Nevada, Arizona, Arizona would flip, uh, the Blue Wall, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, uh, that would flip back to the Democrats, and uh, Biden would win potentially by five, six million votes, uh, that uh, people would be very happy with the results. That hasn't happened. But what is clear that this wasn't a landslide, and it wasn't, I would say, a repudiation of Trumpism. And so that does seem to open the door for another Trump-like figure to uh, come in and try to uh, garner the support of these 70 billion voters. Do you worry about, and some people have been worrying about the potential violence going forward, that uh, there there are going to be some social cleavages in the next few months? Absolutely. I mean, there, there could be some very, um, yeah, there could be a decent amount of social unrest between now and January 20th. And, uh, of course, that is the, you know, the, the constitutionally fixed date uh, by which, um, on which um, Biden, assuming he prevails, would be sworn in as president. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you mentioned, which I think is very important to bear in mind, is, you know, if Trump, uh, and assuming that he does leave the White House, that is, uh, <laughs> I, I don't imagine he would try to barricade himself right. in the White House or anything like that. But, you know, once he becomes a civilian, he can continue to be an incredibly a powerful force within the Republican Party. He still has this incredibly um, devoted base, mm. and um, he could, uh, you know, be responsible for, in a sense, kind of choosing his hand-picked uh, successor. Right. And um, and so the, the idea that uh, that we've seen the last of Trumpism, we might see the last okay. of Trump in the White House, but it's not the same as saying we've seen the last of Trumpism. Well, uh, uh, still a lot of concerns there then. Uh, Professor Douglas, uh, we're out of time, but uh, we thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we can uh, connect again. Uh, Thank you for your insights. Oh, yeah, sure. My pleasure to be with you again. Take care. And we'll see you in the second hour after another check of traffic and weather.